Welcome to the Westside Gathering Podcast. We appreciate you making time to learn and grow with us. Here you'll find teaching from our live Sunday gatherings. After the message, we'll say a little more about our church and how you can connect. But for now, have a listen. Hey, really a pleasure again to be able to share with you and, and uh, be at Westside. And, you know, I sometimes ask the question to people that I meet, and I say, do you aspire, do you, you have the desire to experience a deep joy, a great, a great peace, and a, a real rest? And of course, people say, yes, for sure, <laughs> I want that. And I say, this is, I have good news for you, because God wants the same thing for you, but he may not go through the same path as you. But his path is safe and sure. It's worth following Jesus closely. When we read the gospel, we see Jesus inviting people to follow him, to turn to him and following. And throughout the centuries, people also f- decide to follow Jesus and extend the same invitation to people to follow Jesus, people of their time. And this invitation to follow Jesus is an invitation to be in relationship with him. And one day, most of you have made this decision to follow him, to enter in, in this close relationship with God. But have you ever followed Jesus from a distance? Have you ever questioned your faith, your choice of following Jesus? Have you ever wondered if it's all worth it? It's happened to me. More than once. I question what I believed. Am I following the right person? And when that happened, it was not necessarily because I was going to great trial, but it, it happened when I started to follow Jesus from a distance. Slowly, my passion, my joy, my faith, was fading, and slowly my worldview, the way I see myself, other, and life start to change and try to find my joy and my peace with my own options and solution and what I was seeing around. And the problem is not that it happened, but it's what we do when that happened. None of us are immune of this. And Paul say, the one who thinks he's strong must be careful not to fall. So we need to be careful. We all follow someone or something. All of us, everyone on earth, follow someone. We all, use other words, we are all disciples of something or someone. An ideology? A mentor, a dream, an inspiration, or somebody. In order to achieve the joy and peace and rest we are all longing for. But we are invited, we have been invited to follow Jesus closely. And you know when you're lost in a city that you don't know, you want to go somewhere and you don't have GPS, and you follow somebody who knows exactly the place you're going, and you follow him, but if if you lose sight of him, Slowly, you're going to be by yourself, and you may end up in a place you don't want. 
You know, Jesus never tell us far in advance where we are going. That's why we need to follow him closely, very closely. If we don't keep our eyes or heart or thought fixed on Jesus, soon, sooner or later, we're going to drift away and lose sight of him and end up in a place that won't be the right one for us, a place that we don't want. I would like to look with you with an example of one man in the Bible. It's the Apostle Peter. Peter was a man who loved Jesus, loved the Lord. He was also sometimes a, a fickle man. Is the right word? Fickle man? Yeah? Inconstant? Yeah. <laughs> one moment he looks to Jesus and follows his invitation to walk in the water. A few moments later, stop to look to Jesus and start to sink. At one point, he proclaimed that Jesus is the truly Messiah, the Savior, the one who's supposed to come, the one who is right in what he say is the truth. The next moment, he begins to say reproach, reproach to Jesus what he say. You should not say that. Peter said that he is willing to do anything for Jesus, even going to prison and dying. And a few moments later, Jesus asked him to pray with him, and he fell asleep. A little later, when soldier came to arrest Jesus, Peter showed great courage, ready to oppose to all the army. A few moments later, he denied him. Read with me a text from this period of, in Peter's life in Luke. Then, sizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the country courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, This man was with him. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. Jesus has been arrested. Peter do not, do not longer understand what's going on. He no longer has control over the situation. His life did not turn the way he hoped or planned. And Peter began to follow Jesus at the distance. He wanted to blend in crowd, in, in, blend it with the crowd while keeping an eyes on Jesus. He wanted to keep in touch with Jesus. He wanted to know what's going to happen before going further. He wanted to keep in touch with Jesus, but he didn't or doesn't want to be identified with Jesus. Peter chose to follow Jesus at a distance. Peter thinks that by placing himself with the one who don't follow Jesus, he will see Clearly, this pushed Peter to make choices. Do you see the steps on the text? Look at that. Peter followed at a distance. Peter sat down with them. Then he denied them. There's a good lesson to learn from Peter's situation. The first one, I would say it's a if I follow Jesus at a distance, I will be close to reject him. 
We cannot follow Jesus at a distance and think we are going to see things clearly, better. A few hours earlier, Peter was saying loud and clear, you are the Savior. I'm ready to die for you. Peter, the rock, the one who has witnessed so many miracles, healing, miraculous fishing, transfiguration, the text we read. You have seen himself I walk on the water. He saw Jesus raised from the dead. Peter the rock forgot that he could not follow Jesus from a distance and resist. At some point, yourself experience this intimacy with Jesus. And you may still there. But maybe your flame is slowly fading. And it's up to us, up to me, up to you. To say, I won't let any distance be created between me and Jesus. Maybe some of you here, this morning have been following Jesus from a distance for too long. You love the Lord. You want to keep in touch with Him. You still come here maybe, but you still follow from a distance. But the experience of Peter speaks to us today, to me, to you. First lesson, if I follow Jesus at a distance, I will be close to deny or rejecting him. But the second lesson, even better one, is it, it's never done. It's never over. Jesus is the one who can and want and have the power to rebuild. This story of Peter, it's a story filled with hope. When Peter met Jesus' eyes after he denied him, he began to cry, to weep. He realized the choice he had made. He realized that Jesus had told him that it may happen, it would happen. But after that, we see Jesus restore Peter. And great things happen through him. We see a Peter keeping himself close to Jesus. We see Peter speaking about Jesus unintimidated. Is it, am I, I got it, yeah? <laughs> to a crowd. Speaking to a crowd with more than 3,000 people came to follow Jesus. We see Peter uh, with exceptional courage when he has been arrested because he was speaking about Jesus, arrested by the authority, and take stand, take a stand before the court. So what is important to remember, it's not that Peter denied Jesus. It's not that he fall and walk away from Jesus. But it's what we do then. Coming back and has been restored and filled by the presence of God. We will probably all at one time or another drift away and make choices maybe that are far from what God wants for us. So when what that will happen, we will go further, shame, and quit others because we have shame, or come back. And let God and Jesus restore and the community restore us. Jesus is always there and he will always be there. Because it's never over. It's never over. Jesus is the one who can rebuild and wants to rebuild. So how do we do that to stay close to Jesus, remain in Jesus? And this morning I don't want to be moralistic. 
saying you need to be involved in church, you need to read your Bible, you need to pray. All those things are, are good. But I just want to see why that make a difference. What the Bible reveals us about the, what God is doing, reveal us about the human heart and how He's going to work on that. You know, Jesus, God, know our heart or needs better than we do. He's the one who created us. We need to stick in Him. Without Him, we can do nothing. Let's read John 15. It says, Jesus say, Remain in me as I also remain in you. Jesus is there, but He asks us, Stay in me too. Remain in me. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, a part of me. You can do nothing. The fruit is talking here. It's the same than Galatians 5.20 says. Love. Joy, peace, kindness, patience, self-control. I missed one or two. But this is what God wants to produce in us. But for that, and it's exactly what we want. It's exactly what every human being longing for. And we don't produce this fruit. We only bear the fruit from the branch. But the branch needs to remain on the vine. Or you won't produce the fruit that we are really looking for. That God himself wants to produce in us. So stay in me. Remain in me. God has left us so many promises in the same way. His desire is for us to experience that. This peace, joy, clear identity. He wants to build up. up to bring us exactly at the same place that we want but we don't know it. We don't know how to take it, how to do it. I would like to, to share a few more truths to help us understand what God is doing. You know, at the beginning of the creation, God's desire was to create human beings at His image. We are not being created as God, but at the image of God. Then came what we call the fall. That was in Genesis Genesis 1 and 2 and 3, and came the, the fall. The fall say, Lord, I, I don't need you. I want to make my own decision. I want to be my own way of being happy and, and have power and have authority and security. I don't need you. I want to do it by myself. And that break the relationship with God. This image of God was dilute. And since then, human being tried to find his hope, peace, joy, identity, self-esteem with things around it. Now Jesus came to save us. Save us of what? Some people say, yeah, now I say so I, I'm going to be in heaven forever with him. That's right, but it's not. That's one part. That's one part, but the main goal is to restore this relationship with God. That's why Jesus saved us. And let, by that way, God will be able to restore the image of God in each of us. And this is what God is doing now. Restoring the image of God in each of us. You and I are being created for that. And this is where we're going to fully experience 
His promises. Restore the image of God. And you know, the New Testament, every epistle, everyone talk about that. Colossians say, you are new being whom God continually renew in his image. Other places will say, uh, uh, how does he say that? Take out this, your old nature and take the new nature of God. Other, other, other places in Romans, he will say, for God has called you and has made up his mind beforehand, beforehand to make you like Jesus. Two texts on the screen. Second Corinthians, the spirit transforms us and makes us more and more like him. Ephesians will say that one, like that. Together we will, be, we will all become adults whose development will lead us to the perfect stature of Christ. Everywhere they're talking about that. This is what God is doing. Restore his image. And we're going to be here with him for eternity. That's part of that. But it starts now, today, every day. Actually now, in the minute we are here. And we see on all those texts and all the other ones, that it's progressive. Until, continually, more and more on the development. So our position as children of God, when we recognize Jesus, that we need him, and Jesus is the way, the truth, and we say, I don't want to go my way, Jesus is my Lord, I became children of God. This is what the Bible calls, or, or theologian calls justification, but, but our transformation day after day, they call that sanctification, or transformation at the, at the image of God. And again, we see that it's not by our own strain, this transformation. It's not by working hard on our personal development. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Well, the text is not there anymore, but the Spirit transforms us. It makes us more and more like Him. It's not by our strength. So we need to remain in Him to let the flow of la sève, I don't know how to say that, but the, 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 the things in, on the branch that go from the trunk to the branch to produce those fruits, and we're going to bear the fruits. And the last verse again say, together we will all become adults whose development will lead us to the perfect stature of Christ. God works this way through the church, the spouse of Jesus, the body of Christ. If I understand that God worked through his church, we won't see the church the same way. We understand that God is transforming us more and more and his image, restore the image of Christ, of God in us. We are all in a journey. And I want to be attached and connect to that church. And stay in one church where I'm going to be built and I'm going to build others. And sometimes I will offend people. But sometimes I will be offended by others. Sometimes I will be disappointed by people. And sometimes I, 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 I will disappoint other people. Sometimes I'm going to hurt some people, and sometimes I'm going to be hurt by people. But knowing we are all on a journey of letting the Spirit of God through that church, helping us to be transformed, coming back and remaining in Jesus, and coming back and back more like Jesus, and letting the Spirit helping us, and extending grace to each other like Jesus himself extend grace to us, even when we were not following him. This is the beauty of the church. When the church works healthy, understand that God is at work here and we are in several places and just helping us, giving grace, extending grace. 61 times in the Bible they say one another. 
forgive you one another, support you one another, love you and one another. 61 times. We need the church. The person who say, I don't need the church. And 1 Corinthians 12 say, it's like a hen. Say, I don't need the body. The hand without the body can do nothing. This is the plan of God, the church. We cannot avoid it. We need that. So we don't want to go to church because we need, we have to. No, we want to understand what God is doing. He's doing this great job through you, one another, supporting, helping us to come back and remain in Jesus. One more thing. It's our intimate intimacy with God, personal intimacy with God. Or personal time with God, listening to Him, praying. Let yourself be filled with the presence of God. And again, I don't want to just need, say you need to take time with God personally. But let's look what the Bible say. Reveal us about the tendency of human heart. Each of us, before following Jesus, lived according to the worldview we had or value system we had, the vision we had about life, about ourselves, about others. It was all based on, on what we received and the experience we had, the education we read, the book we read, the influence we were exposed to. And many of those things were, were probably good things. And one day we discovered Jesus, who is the truth, who is the way, who is the creator of the universe, who got all powers, is the life, the source. All the means and perspective of the world we had before did not disappear like that. When we decide to follow Jesus, we are constantly influenced by this old worldview we had before. The tendency of human being is to rely on what we always relied, what we always learned. But we need the importance of keeping close to Jesus in order to let him nourish our worldview. It's so serious that Jesus prayed for that. Just before going to the cross and torture, Jesus did this prayer in John 17. And we have this prayer. And he prayed, he prayed I don't pray only for the people around me. I pray for the one who will believe in me. That's us. At his last moment before going to the cross, Jesus did this prayer. His thought was towards us. He said, I do not pray that you will take them out of this world, but that you will protect them from the spirit of this world, from the worldview of this world, from the, the value of this world, from, from the solution and option of this world, because Jesus knows the human heart and the tendency we got. He knows he knows how easy is it to go to the popular thought and say, this is going to be my way. Stripping yourself of old way. Again, every epistle talk about that. You know, when everyone's talking about that, it should be serious and real. Peter said like that, like obedient children, do not conform. Do not conform mean do not define yourself or who you're going to become. To desire you once had in your ignorance when you didn't know Jesus, when you didn't add access to the presence of God who can fill and give you direction. Roman would say something similar. Do not conform, don't define yourself to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing in your mind. Then you will be able to discern God's will, what is good, what is pleasant, 
and what is perfect. This is a serious trend. Enough that every New Testament writers address this. They inform us. Jesus, God reveal us this is a tendency you're going to face. Let him who think himself solid be aware of falling. If I think that I will not be like that for me, I will neglect my personal time with Jesus. And will move forward and more and more by my own strength. And there's a good chance that we start to follow Jesus as a distance. There's a good example from Jesus. Jesus gave us a good example of that. You know, Jesus was constantly undrying, withdrawing to spend time with the Father, to align his thought with the one who sent him. Jesus knew why he was unheard. Jesus is fully God come on earth, stripping all his divine nature, became a human being like each of us with the same challenges and the same limits as us. He showed us how to live on earth remaining in God. In Jesus' days, the people in Israel were waiting for a Savior. A Savior who would come with strength, glory, and power to deliver them from the woke of the Romans. A king, a savior like David, the King David who were there many years before. Jesus spent 30 years hearing that every day. God will send a savior, will come with strength and power, with glory, like David. He saw this hope in the eyes of his family member, neighbors, and friends. This hope that God would send a savior. And then he began his public ministry. And in when 40 days of fasting and praying in the wilderness. And, and he was tempted, the Bible said. And when you look to the temptation, you can see that these temptations were to accomplish his mission according to the worldview of that world. Doing his mission according to the means and expectation of that world around him. As the, word, the way they always believe and communicated around. Jesus wanted to take this time apart so he would not be influenced by the thought of this world. According to the desire of this world. According to the popular hope, our Jesus, the Jesus we follow, stop to listen to the Father. You think we don't need to do it? At the multiplication of the bread, see, look to the text. This one, I think it's my last text. The people, seeing the miraculous sign that Jesus had made, declared, This man is truly the prophet. The people said that. The king. The, the, the Savior who has to come, the Messiah who has to come into the world. Jesus realized that they were going to come and take him to make him kings. So he retreated back to the hill all along. People were ready to make Jesus the king. Imagine what was going on in the head of Jesus. Let's go a little bit further on, on, on the story of the Bible. Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane. He's going to be arrested in a few, few hours. And he was praying. Sweat runs down his forehead like drops of blood. 
To go to the torture and the cross was not the most exciting thing for Jesus. On that evening, Jesus was to be arrested. He was praying and said, Father, I don't want that. I don't want that. Take this cup away from me. This cup is the cross. But not what I want. But what you want. In the story of the multiplication, people wanted to make Jesus the king. Jesus could have said, that's it. They recognize me as a king. I don't need to to go to the cross anymore. It's accomplished. God has provided. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. You have provided a solution. But Jesus didn't want to rely on that. At first, it sounded great. But he wanted to be aligned with the Father. And I can imagine in his time of prayer, alone on the hill, saying something like, Father, is it coming from you? You see, they're already ready to recognize me as the king. But not what I want. What you want. We'll invite the worship team coming from. If Jesus, the king of the kings, constantly took time with his father when he wasn't hurt. If Jesus, before going to the cross, prayed his prayer, God, keep them from the spirit, the way of thinking, or the solution of this world. If each epistle reminds us the tendency of our heart and the importance of listening to God. If Jesus, through his life, gives us this example, can we make it without doing it? Can we make it without following Jesus? With this word this morning, I don't want to put any guilty or burden. I just want to, it's a blessing to know what Jesus is doing, what God is doing, and just be in line with him to experience this deep, deep peace, joy, and rest. Clear identity, clear identity. We have the privilege to enter the presence of God. Let's not miss it. We understand what God is doing. Restoring the image of God in us. Let us take time with him reading and praying, talking with him about what we're going through, and just let him, him speak to us. Let others in the community speak into us. And if we drift away, just come back, the community will be there. We will, everyone will be there to support and help us and extend grace. Jesus is always there. I would like to invite you to bow your head. To bow your head? You bow. I don't know where you are. Each of us. Each of you. But Jesus said, what I began in you, I will make it to the end. This is what he wants to do. I don't know where you are. But he's calling you, come to me. Remain in me. And this morning is time to say, Lord, Lord, I want to come to you and stay with you. I, I know I neglect my time with you. I neglect my life with my, my, my local church, my, the church where you want to work through the Spirit in that church and through each other's. I want to be close to you. I don't want to let any distance between you and me. Again, maybe you never made a choice to follow Jesus and give your life and trust in him. But Jesus is there. He said, follow me. Follow me. I will do in your heart 
I will start a transformation in your life, a restoration, a healing in your life. And this is what he wants. He's there and he's calling you. So this morning I want to invite you, if you are there, make this step because he's there. Just say, Lord, I want you in my life. I need you. Come to him. And I just want to push you a little bit more. If you do this decision this morning, just raise your hand that we may know that. And, and we, God is there and he wants to see you. He knows your heart. He wants to be in a relationship with you. So Lord, thank you for everyone here. We want to trust you fully because you're the one. You're the only one. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this message helps guide you on your spiritual journey of discovering the life and message of Jesus. We update this podcast weekly, so why not hit subscribe and journey with us? Who are we? Westside Gathering is a local church in the West Island of Montreal. We're a simple community of faith where we want you to feel welcome, regardless of where you are on your spiritual journey, and hope you can grow with us. We meet every Sunday, but you can also find smaller groups, environments, and resources for all ages between Sundays. We would love to hear from you. Ask a question, ask for help, or let us know how we can pray for you. Find out more at westsidegathering.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Vimeo. If you'd like to contribute financially, just go to westsidegathering.com giving. Until next time, peace.